You're listening to the Illinois Farm Talk podcast. Here are your hosts, Ben and Garth. Today's agreed bills list is House Bill 465. I am Ben Calcaterra, and I am here with Garth Reynolds, and we are here to bring you the next episode of Illinois Farm Talk, brought to you by the Illinois Pharmacist Association. In this episode, we will hear the current status of our bills running through the Capitol, including House Bill 465, which just passed out of committee today. So with all of that, let's get started. Hello, Garth. Hello, Ben. So House Bill 465, let's just jump right into that. We have a lot of support behind this bill. We've got pharmacists from across the state that have been using their grassroots effort to to really share their information and their stories with their legislators in their own districts and across the state, and it's finally working. It's taken forever for us to get through to these legislators so they can understand the real problem at hand that we're dealing with, and we are finally getting all of the support. We, we had so much support in the House. It passed out of committee. It passed on through the floor unanimously. And now it's been moved into the Senate. The Senate has assigned this bill to the Senate Insurance Committee, which met today. And, you know, all of the support that we're talking about is very much evident in the fact that there wasn't even a vote. It moved through on agreed upon language. And you can tell that by this audio clip right here. The Senate Insurance Committee is called to order. Today's agreed bills list is House Bill 465. Uh, Senator Belt makes a motion. Uh, do adopt all the House bills in, that was in this agreed bills list. Second by Senator Link. Is there a leave? There's leave. Leave is granted. So agreed upon language. I think we might have some listeners, Garth, uh, in the audience here that may not understand the whole legislative process and may be questioning, hey, why wasn't there a vote today? You know, we usually hear these committee hearings and they go through the tally and they hear, you know, X number of yays and X number of nays, and they know how the vote did. But today there is no vote taken. It was just agreed upon language. So explain to us, what does that mean? What happened today with this agreed upon bill language. So it is a common practice specifically in Senate committees. You still see it in House committees from time to time, but the Senate really utilizes this rule of agreed upon bills. And so if to help with the business of the committee being a little bit more expedited and not having to um, hear every single bill, specifically if there's a significant number of bills that are agreed to, they will go ahead with an agreement of both party spokesmen, both for the Republicans and the Democrats, agree to the list of bills. And once the agreed bill is agreed upon, the chairman reads that list of bills at the very beginning of the hearing, and then they have that vote on all those bills at once. And if you look at what happened today, House Bill 465, I believe, was in with an agreed bill list of about 10 other bills. So all those bills were voted on at once. There was no discussion, and that moved all 10 or 11 of those bills out of the committee and onto the Senate floor calendar. So that was that's best situation that we could have asked for today because we didn't have to worry about defending the bill. And a lot of this success of getting us to that agreed bill status today had to do with our pharmacists, our technicians, and our patients and our stakeholders filing witness slips 
calling their senators, emailing their senators, getting that co-sponsorship. So we had stronger co-sponsorship in the committee. And, you know, we had, a, I think, 1,331 proponent witness slips filed. That's a lot. I don't think on any bill that we've done for on PBMs has had that much support at any given stage. So I really want to take this time to say thank you to everyone that incur that filled out a, a, a witness slip, everyone that encouraged someone to fill out a witness slip because it made a difference today and it helped us get this bill out in the best situation possible. Thanks for that explanation. That that does really explain the situation and tells us what happened. And I think it answers a lot of questions for people. So the next step is talking about the actual bill, House Bill 465. This is going to be our PBM bill that we're running this year. It's been our cornerstone legislation that, that we are going to use to uh, bring in the efforts of, of the Department of Insurance to have some teeth and some enforcement over the PBM world, uh, giving the PBMs a, a way to register so that the insurance department actually knows who they are, what they are, what they're doing. Um, so that pharmacists across the state have some sort of repository to send their complaints to. Somebody can oversee them and, and actually do something about those those grievances. So, Garth, tell us about House Bill 465 for those new listeners that may not understand the nuts and bolts of this bill. So House Bill 465 is going to set up for the first time an article in the insurance code that establishes pharmacy benefit managers as a responsible party to the Department of Insurance. In a very similar fashion with how the Pharmacy Practice Act makes us um, responsible to the Department of Financial and Professional Regulation. So with House Bill 465, it sets up um, numerous registration and examination and appeal and suspension powers for the Department of Insurance and sets up a fee structure that the PBMs will have to follow and being able to gain licensure and be able to do business in the state. And in addition to that, there's also some definitions on uh, MAC pricing and actually sets up what the definition of MAC is and uh, establishes an appeals process that can be built upon over the next, you know, the next couple of years. And also, it um, establishes uh, data transparency under the managed Medicaid program. There's a number of elements that the PBMs will have to report um, to the Department of, In- of Healthcare and Family Services, and it also gives Healthcare and Family Services more enforcement and oversight of the PBMs, which they don't have right now. There's also a gag clause prohibition in the bill which um, we have been um, seeking for a couple years and we know um, is something that was already passed as law under the federal side on the federal programs, but this would help us establish that on a state level. There's also a segment on medical insurance, which would prevent misdiagnosis billing um, in, in an emergency care situation um, that was also put in as part of this bill. Perfect. So, you know, this bill is is what we're resting on for step one. Um, we know this is the cornerstone, the foundation, and we're going to build upon this bill. But uh, we can't rest on our laurels. Just because the bill passed out of the Senate committee today does not mean that we are done, does not mean that we can sit back and just wait for things to start moving. We still have work to be done. We still have future steps to take. So let's talk about that now. What, you know, what is the next step? What are we doing now? Where are we headed with this? 
So we are in our final legislative step, and that is the Senate floor vote. Once we get past this step, and we will, this sends House Bill 465 to Governor Pritzker's desk. And hopefully he will sign it, And um, which the, the support that we have garnered in the House and the support that we are garnering and, and building upon daily in the Senate, um, I think it would be very difficult for Governor Pritzker to veto the bill. And... That's why we implore you, if you have not called your senator, you need to do that right away. And if you have their email address, you see them in town in the district or in your store, talk to them right away. Ask them to support House Bill 465 and ask them to co-sponsor the bill. Um, And once we get... um, this out of the Senate, we're going to be asking you to um, write letters and be calling uh, Governor Pritzker's office. So we're not done yet, folks. We're getting there. We have come a long way and we're almost there. And we've got a, a little bit more to ask of you to help us all succeed in getting this bill passed because it's taking every one of us to get it passed this year. And I'm really proud of what we've been able to do together. And we're going to finish this bill, get it across the line, and get it in the law. And there's something else to be said there, Garth. We should not forget to thank those senators that we finally got to come around and talk them into voting yes, because they really respond well to praise and and thanking them for their efforts, because some of them, it was a pretty big ask of us to turn them around from an opponent to a proponent. So don't forget, tell your senators and, and representatives, thank you for their vote. Exactly. Because like Ben said, House Bill 465 is going to be the foundation that we will be building upon for years to come when it comes to regulating and holding PBMs accountable in the state of Illinois. So we will be asking these senators and representatives in the future to come back and support us yet again. And we're going to need to thank them now to make sure that we have them there for us tomorrow. So that's 465. That's our PBM bill. That is, you know, what we've been working on so far and, and what most people uh, have been paying the most attention to. But we also have some other things that we're working on as well. Uh, we've got Senate Bill 1715. Senate Bill 1715 is our bill that allows long-acting antipsychotic injectables to be injected in the pharmacy by a pharmacist. This is an important step for us to expand our scope of practice. Uh, it moved out of the Senate on March 27th, passed out a health care licensing committee on May 1st. So we're, we're moving that bill as well, Garth, right? What, what do we have going on with that one? Well, as you said, Senate Bill 1715, this would establish for pharmacists to be able to in, um, inject long-acting antipsychotics uh, through a standing order or prescription in the same fashion as we do with immunizations now. But it also does one other thing. It also allows pharmacists for patients who receive their first um, injection of Vivitrol um, from a, a prescriber to be able to receive their subsequent injections from a pharmacist. So this is really helping expand opioid long-term medication treatment um, for those that are suffering from substance abuse disorder and um, helps us um, 
take our part in addition to providing naloxone and monitoring prescriptions and, and to assist our patients. So Senate Bill 1715 passed unanimously out of the Senate, as Bennett said, and um, it passed on May 1st out of health, House Health Care Licenses Committee um, unanimously. And so it is setting on the, um, the House calendar right now, and um, hopefully um, next week will be brought to a vote and we can get it onto the governor's desk as well. So not only are we expanding our scope of practice a bit with this bill, but it also puts another foot in the door for provider status, uh, just showing every healthcare provider out there just what pharmacists are capable of, what we're trained to do, and what services we can provide to the healthcare community. Um, so moving on, we've got another bill, Senate Bill 659. This is the bill that we are working on to extend the Pharmacy Practice Act, which is due to sunset, uh, which I bet a lot of people out there listening don't even realize is an issue. So let's educate people. That's what this podcast is for. Why is this an issue, Garth? And what do we need to know about the Practice Act extension? Well, in the, um, a legislative tool that the General Assembly has used for a number of years, and this isn't just um, specific to Illinois, but to help to make sure that healthcare providers and other regulated professions are staying current with um, current practices and standards for patient care, um, the bills uh, for the practices of the various healthcare professions do sunset from time to time. And the Pharmacy Practice Act, since about 1987, has sunset every 10 years and had to be renewed. And so in 2017, we did have to take a two-year extension. Um, and, and as if you remember back then, we were dealing with a lot of questions on workload issues and work conditions, and that established the Collaborative Pharmaceutical Task Force. And that task force is still um, meeting and is, is scheduled to complete its work in September. And with that, we will be ending with the two-year extension. So um, Senate Bill 659 would establish the extension of the Pharmacy Practice Act for another 10 years and get us to 2030. And that, um, that that would be great because it gets us to what we need to do to be able to keep practicing um, uh, pharmacy the way we have for right now. Um, it doesn't have any major scope of practice change. It doesn't have any scope of practice changes in the bill whatsoever. It has some technical language um, that the department needed in the bill, uh, but it doesn't have any substantive changes for how we would practice pharmacy. And this would allow us to extend the Practice Act, keep everything legal, keep us all moving as we come forward with the um, Pharmacy Practice Act um, addendum to change uh, for the changes that we want to put into the Pharmacy Practice Act at a later date. So that is very important, and that's something that we all need to keep our eye on. Um, but the good news is, folks listening out there, that's what IPHA and Garth is doing for you behind the scenes, is making sure these sort of issues are are taken care of and worked on to the best of their ability. And IPHA is once again taking care of pharmacists across the state of Illinois. So that, that really sums it up for the bills that we're paying attention to right now um, that are on the very near agenda that the, the listeners need to know about. But it's not really all. Don't don't worry. There's still hundreds of bills out there that are still active um, that we're monitoring on a daily basis on your behalf. 
so that we don't have anything slip through the cracks. Um, you'd be surprised how many bills sneak up uh, that could be detrimental to pharmacy that that are monitored on a daily basis. So so rest assured that IPHA is is doing that work for you, and 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 Garth does a, a very good job as well as Fidelity Consulting Group that helps us. Uh, with all of our lobbying efforts, uh, it's it's a great team effort that that protects pharmacy across the state of Illinois. And and Garth, I know it's a a, a job that goes unnoticed oftentimes, but uh, we as pharmacists definitely thank you and and IPHA for all that you do. Well, thank you, Ben. I greatly appreciate that, and it, it's a team effort. And I and I also want to thank the board of directors and the, and especially our legislative and regulatory affairs committee members because this is a a group of pharmacists and student pharmacists from around the state in various practice settings that meet almost weekly, um, as we try to go through all of those bills and help provide guidance to myself and to our lobbyists in how best to approach these these bills. And our agenda, so it is definitely a, a team effort, and uh, and and we thank you for the, for that because it's again this is this is the work we're doing for our members and, and most importantly for our patients, and it's a pleasure to be able to do this and help help um, advance pharmacy practice in Illinois and and taking us the steps that we need to to better take care of our op- our pharmacies so that they're viable and sustainable and that we're also doing what we can to be able to offer better and more services for our patients. Well, it's very much appreciated, Garth, and, and uh, we, we hope that everything continues as is because it's it's a job well done at this point. So moving out of the legislative area, we'll move into some continuing education. Uh, we're honored to be able to produce, as the Illinois Pharmacists Association, several continuing education modules, packets, and opportunities throughout the year. And one of them coming up uh, is going to be, uh, I wouldn't say a first, but definitely a rare event in the southern part of the state, far southern part. On June 25th, there's going to be an educational program in southern Illinois offered by the Midwest Business Group on Health, and it's going to be located at John A. Logan College in Carterville. Uh, This program is going to focus on diabetes prevention in the workplace. It's designed for employers to learn about programs intended to reduce overall health care costs by improving employee wellness. And this is going to be an exciting event that I think we need to get the word out and get people to attend. Garth, what do you want to say about this uh, educational program? I think this is a great opportunity for pharmacies to be able to come and share their experiences about what they can offer in their communities. And um, the Midwest Business Group on Health is presenting this program as part of an 1815 grant. And you may have heard us talk about that before because um, Midwest Business Group is a partner in the same CDC grant that we are, um, are participating in as well when it comes to these diabetes prevention issues that we're able to bring the certificate training programs back in April that we talked about on the last episode. In addition, Midwest Business Group on Health has been a hand-in-hand partner with IPHA since um, around 2006, whenever we first started participating in the Diabetes 10 City Challenge, and then what um, became and has become the um, Patient Self-Management Program, or PSMP, that that we have um, administered with self-insured employers working 
working with MBGH successfully in being able to utilize pharmacist coaches and decreasing um, patients' overall healthcare spend and increasing their health and uh, their health outcomes. And that has to do a lot with the leadership of our director of clinical programs and population health, Starlin Hayden Greeting. And for our um, dedicated listeners, um, you'll remember that we had an interview with um, with with Starlin um, last year. And um, and for those that didn't get to listen to it, uh, go back to I believe it was our August episode last year, or our early September episode last year, and you'll be able to um, hear our interview with her and about some of this the, this grant programming when it was first being started. So um, this is a great opportunity. As Ben says, we don't always have programs that come down south, and we're glad that we're able to utilize the entire state with this new initiative um, because a lot of programs um, do get centered in the metropolitan areas of either Chicago or Springfield. So we're glad that we're able to bring these programs out to the outer reaches of the state. So here's the real talk now. For the pharmacists listening in the southern part of the state that have the opportunity to attend this educational program, this is a very real opportunity for the pharmacists of the community to do exactly what Gar said, share your stories, talk to those employers. We can tell them what opportunities are out there, not just how do you prevent diabetes in the workplace, but specifically, how can pharmacists help you prevent diabetes in your employees? And these are real opportunities that pharmacists in our communities need to be a part of, and this is the exact way that we get that ball rolling. So please, if you have the opportunity to attend this this seminar, uh, uh, please join, uh, register. Uh, we will put information in the description of this podcast episode. There'll be information at the IPHA office and on the website. So please uh, do what you can to, to be there because it's going to be a very important step in getting these opportunities that have been taken advantage of in, in the other part of the state. We can finally take advantage of those opportunities here locally in southern Illinois. Uh, so, so this is important. Uh, Garth, any other opportunities coming up or anything else that you want to add to this podcast episode? Just to remind folks again to plan on attending the um, 2019 Illinois Pharmacist Annual Conference, which will be held at the Crown Plaza in Springfield, October 3rd through the 6th. Well, that's a short and sweet episode. We've got a lot of information jam-packed in a short amount of time. So uh, since we saved you about half an hour on our regular episodes, go back and have a second listen. Maybe you'll catch something you missed the first time. Uh, And that, I think, is all we've got for you tonight. So that'll do it for this episode. Thank you, Garth. Thank you, Ben. And thank you to our listeners and sponsors for supporting this show. Check back regularly to hear new episodes as we will keep you updated on legislative matters happening around the state. You can find us on the internet at IPHA.org, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as IL Pharmacists. That's plural, with the S, IL Pharmacists. Follow us today to stay in the know. That will do it for this episode of Illinois Farm Talk. Stay tuned for our next episode as the Voice of Pharmacy in Illinois brings you another edition of Illinois Farm Talk. Thank you for listening to the Illinois Farm Talk podcast. 